Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Hey, hey, welcome in to Sports Talk on this beautiful, and I, I can't stress it enough, beautiful Thursday afternoon here in East Central Illinois. Evan Kahn manning the machine here for the next two hours along with Lauren Tate. Not just one hour, not one, but two hours of Lauren Tate, and we've got plenty for you here in the show. We will talk this hour with Sahadev Sharma of The Athletic. He covers the Cubs and we will talk to him about their outlook for the offseason here as we're in the championship series for the playoffs, which the Cubs or the Cardinals or the White Sox are not a part of. The next hour, when Lauren's back with me, we'll have the weekly Q- Coach Q&A with Coach Nick Quartaro. Usually do that on Wednesdays, but we moved him back a, a day with the open week here, Lauren, and no Illinois football and no Illinois basketball, but everything will be back next week. Well, we had a press conference today. We did. With, with some players, and I came away with the thought that I had never seen Gabe Akis without his uniform. Okay. He doesn't need a uniform. <laughs> he's got the best body. I, I mean, this guy, you could just see he's a football player. And I'm hearing better things about him all the time. I was talking just a few minutes ago to Bill Tate, who used to, he's from Mattoon, he's a former head coach at Wake Forest, by the way. Uh, he had some interesting players at Wake Forest, uh, but uh, that's another story. But he said he's been uh, watching the Illinois games two or three, four times, and he goes over and he said, who's 17? <laughs> he's a, he said seven. I said he's just a freshman. Boy, what a defensive end he is. What a rush end he is. Yeah, he, he's a, a big guy. He's a very young guy. I saw some, some quotes from uh, Bioma earlier this week where he's been telling scouts, you've got to wait a couple years to, to get your hands on him. But it sounds like in person he looks every bit the, the part of it. He's blowing up on the films what he's doing. Oh, you know? yeah. And, and, and he started out as just a rusher, which was a which was Simeon Rice's job, you know, when he was a freshman and sophomore, he was primary. They put him in on third down. They didn't, he wasn't in on a lot of times on first down early in his career. But this guy, now he's starting every. He's going to be starting every game from now on. And he's taking advantage of an opportunity that wasn't necessarily yeah. there to, to begin yeah. the year, although uh, he was a, a guy that was brought up in, in spring ball, and, and as the, the fall started, that was a, a freshman that we would see get some playing time. But Ezekiel yeah. Holmes goes down, and, and uh, yeah. there's some more minutes to be had. You never know about a freshman until you see him play. I mean, you can say, well, we thought, you know, he looks like a player, but he, he is a player. But that's just uh, that was one of the things that uh, we ran across today, and had a long talk with Palshevsky, and and uh, I just listened in. Um, nothing to add really, other than uh, the team is in high spirits and in really good shape. And Josh McRae um, uh, looks like he's going to definitely play, and he's had a really good practice this week, scrimmage, and hit hit hard, and 
and, uh, and running with the second team, which was the first team this week. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so Illinois football's in, in in good shape going in, and you got the Nebraska waiting for you. And who knows what uh, who knows what'll happen. And with the open week, that means that most of the coaching staff's out on the road recruiting yep. guys. And yep. what do you know? They get a commitment here today. Yeah, and that's a big one. I mean, I think it's a big one. And the the other the other thing that, uh, that Bielma he doesn't know who's coming back in the mm-hmm. offensive line. Mm-hmm. I mean, he knows Palshevsky's gone, right. and he knows Pilsum's gone, mm-hmm. but he's not sure about you know Adams could go. Adams, really? this he had, a, you know, this is his third year out of high school. Mm-hmm. So I mean, and he's really good. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he's going to go or not. But he doesn't. Uh, the point is that it's very complicated for at this point in midseason to know how to recruit when you don't know who's coming back, you don't know who might transfer, you don't know who might turn pro. Uh, there's just all these uh, factors that you can't really weigh, and you just have to wait until. I guess you have to wait until the season, unless you unless somebody tells you something. You know, what, what's Chase uh, Brown going to do? He's going to turn pro, isn't he? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. he's got a year of eligibility, so yeah. But if you're recruiting so and so, you're re- recruiting a really good running back somewhere, maybe. You, what are you going to say to him? I think he's going to turn pro. Well, this guy's want, he wants to know because he knows <laughs> that Chase Brown's here. He's not going to play, right? No. He's not going to start. So I'm, and I'm not saying that they don't have enough running backs anyway, but I'm just using that as an example. Well, yeah, you can just never have too much talent at really any position when it comes to, to college football. Desmond, but transfers want to play. Yeah. And, That's the main – I mean, high school players, you you know, they're they're willing to wait a year or two. You know, they figure – some of those offensive linemen we took, brought, were brought in as freshmen. I don't know if they'll ever play if we keep bringing in those junior college guys. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, and, and this is a transfer, uh, essentially a JUCO transfer and Desmond Schuster coming from a, a pretty well-known community college out in Kansas. I believe he was here last weekend when they played Minnesota for, for a, a visit, and, and now he's committed. And, and I thought, yeah, two-prong two with that. A – they need linemen next year because you, you just don't know who's going to be back. And, and also, they went big on those freshmen last year, right? They brought in five just giant freshmen, but they're young, and this hopefully isn't a situation like Alex Pilstrom uh, or Alex Pauchesky, excuse me, where he had to come in as a freshman and play right away. Mm-hmm. Bielema wants those guys to, to get bigger, get stronger, get acclimated to the college game. And, and if he can find these Juco guys that can plug in right away, like an Adams on, on the defensive side, we've seen it a little bit with T. Raw Edwards, but he, he hasn't shied away from the transfer portal and, and it's benefiting a, a lot of teams. The, the teams that aren't using the transfer portal, I don't think that they're better off. Usually when, when you're going in there, some of them don't always work out, but being able to, to bring in that immediate impact talent rather than waiting for freshmen to become sophomores and juniors, unless you're a, a, a gay Bacchus who's just a, a grown man as a freshman. Well, Schuster looks like one of the best offensive line uh, players out of J.C. in the country. 6'5", 315. So, I mean, they, they think he's, they he's going to step in. And Aaron Henry tweeted out uh, about 15, 20 minutes ago something to the effect of, of we're not done yet. So oh, I don't know if that means yeah, today yeah. Or, or later this week or, or something, but they're hitting the, the recruiting trail hard here in the open. Strike week. while the iron's hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, and I saw that that's kind of what George McDonald was saying uh, on Monday over at the Esquire, uh, part of Monday Night Sports Talk, that 
now they go on the recruiting trail. Last year it was a lot of wait and see, wait and see, and now they're getting the answers like, oh, oh yeah, we're, we're seeing what you're doing there. So uh, looking good on, on the recruiting front. We've got all kinds of sports going on. Can you? Uh, I saw this tweet here today. This is only the 27th time in history where both or all the NBA, the NFL, Major League Baseball, and the National Hockey League all have games on the same day. This is only is the 27th right? time in history that this has happened, which is, is kind of hard to believe because you, you think about this, but the NBA and the NHL season keep getting a little earlier. You've got the midweek games for the NFL and MLB because of the lockout's going all the way to November. We might get a, a few more of these, but uh, last night I was I was having difficulty picking which game to watch. Yeah, I know well, you're a Tuesday two, was a problem, too. I know you're a two-TV guy, but I I said last Saturday when we were sitting here, it's almost like a, a three TV situation when, when you got everything going. Yeah, I usually throw the baseball on the on the short on the small TV. And, yeah, and uh, turn turn the sound down because I can watch baseball and halfway understand it. But some of the others, like the NBA, I need to be listening to that to know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Little... By the way, Io's just getting praise everywhere. Yeah, how about that? I mean, he really is. I mean, it was a complete game, not just because he got seventeen points, but because because he was a total player, defense, offense, doing everything, making threes, and helping the Bulls win. But was not expected to go into Miami and win. No Zach Levine, obviously mm-hmm. still yeah. uh, no Lonzo Ball. And Io gets to start. He plays him and DeMar DeRozan, who, who came down with him last year when he got his jersey uh, dedicated. They're, they're just kind of a two-man wrecking crew for the Bulls. DeRozan yeah. picking up where he left off last year, and the, the Bulls get that opening win. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what's in store for him as guys get healthy. But we, we know he, he's part of that rotation. And <laughs> just it, it's, it's hard to, to believe that they brought in another point guard last year or this year in Dragic when they've got Io sitting right there. But uh, it, I guess it makes sense with Ball being out. Well, you got to, yeah, it's all competition. I mean, you either come through or you don't play. So, Bulls are, are off tonight. We've got Major League Baseball. Uh, the National League is on a travel day after San Diego picked up game two last night uh, against the Phillies. No no Schwarber home run, but Anthony Rizzo hit a home run for the Yankees in a losing effort against the Astros. Did you ever hear of anything like 17 strikeouts by the Yankees and two for the other team? Houston had two strikeouts the whole game. That's pretty good. Yeah. Complete. I mean that that's a that fifteen uh, strikeout differential is an all time playoff record. Mm-hmm. Completely different philosophies when when it comes to the the lineups. Also, got to think you've got a, a Justin Verlander who's well rested and well, one of the, the factor, greatest right? pitchers of all time. And the yeah. Yankees are coming off playing you know the the night before in a different city and all that. But, but here's the stat. Okay, Bader. Yeah. Who is this guy? <laughs> He doesn't have any beard. He doesn't have any hair. You can't recognize him. He doesn't have his name on the back. How do you know who it is? It's a, it's somebody. It's not him, but somebody's in that uniform. And he's hit four home runs in the playoffs already. Now let me tell you who hit four home runs. Did you see this? Uh uh-uh. uh Goldschmidt and Arenado in the whole month of September, the whole month of Oct- the games in October, and two playoff games hit four combined. They, combined. Total. They they matched him. Well, talk about a, a guy that's hot and a, a couple guys who were not hot down the stretch. That's right. And, and Bader played 10 games for the Cardinals in the playoffs. How many home runs do you think he hit? Probably none. 
Zero. <laughs> and, Zero. He, and he only played about 10 games for the Yankees, if that, before the, the postseason as he was injured. Yeah, he, got he just barely got – yeah, and Carpenter was the hot guy before. Yeah. He got hurt, and now he's striking out every time. Not every time, but he's he's not looking like the hitter that he was in during the season yeah. for the Yankees. That was but, that was too bad when he broke his foot there in the middle of that hot stretch. Yeah, it, yeah, but uh, the the Bader thing is just ama- amazing. I think because uh, all I saw was him swinging at low outside curves <laughs> when he was with the Cardinals. Well, he's fighting his pitch now. A lot of solo home runs last night. They'll have game two tonight in Houston, and we'll talk some more baseball here coming up next. Sahad of Sharma from the Athletic covers the Cubs. He will join us here on Sports Talk. On the latest episode of Inside Illini Basketball, we discuss the ranked Illini, a renovated oven basketball complex, and get ready with college basketball just around the corner. Getting ready for college basketball. First exhibition game next Friday here on DWS. We also, can't believe I forgot this, Lauren. I know you're excited for it. We've got a a chance for you to win journey tickets before you can buy them here on Sports Talk this hour. So be ready for that. We'll probably do that here sometime shortly after wrapping up with Sahadev Sharma, who joins us here on Sports Talk. He covers the Cubs for the Athletic. He's also a noted Illinois basketball fan, which we can get into at another time, but it's playoffs time for baseball. But sadly, the Cubs are not a part of it. So, Sahadev, welcome to the program. How how have you been taking in the the last couple of weeks from afar rather than as a a journalist or a reporter? Uh, Yeah, no, it's been fun. I I mean, I love baseball playoffs in general, and and I think, uh, you know, I don't, I wasn't a big fan of expanding the playoffs, but, you know, it's it's been fun to watch. I think the games have been great. It's been, you know, I enjoy upsets. I think uh, complaining about, you know, the best teams not making it uh, to the NLCS, ALCS, or World Series, I, I think that's a little overblown because that happens a lot. Very rarely does the best team win it all and uh, best team as far as best record in the regular season. That's, you know, that's what happens when you play 162 games and then it comes down to a five or a six game playoff or a seven game playoff it's, it's going to uh, you're, you're not always going to get the best team uh in the end and that's fine it's fun and it's uh, randomness happens and and it's uh, uh wildly entertaining in my opinion yeah, I, I was a little skeptical at first of expanding it. You, you just kind of wondered uh, if you were rewarding mediocrity or, or some teams that maybe didn't uh, deserve it. But you look at the the teams that advance, the, the Phillies, they've got one of the best players in the world on, on their roster. Padres, same kind of thing. I, I don't think they're, they're lacking for star power. But uh, the, those are actually a, a couple of guys that could have been Chicago Cubs had the Cubs acted like the Chicago yeah. Cubs a, a, a few years ago, but they did not. So And, and they didn't this past offseason either so I, I just kind of wonder do the Cubs internally consider this season a success with getting different guys some playing time the the way they played down the stretch did this year go the way that that management and everybody kind of wanted it to go yeah I wouldn't say that they'd say it was like an outright success especially at the major league level I'd say there were a lot of success stories, individual stories. They're, they're very happy with Nico Horner's progression. Uh, Ian Happ turned himself into a player that I'm not even sure people that were high on him when, when he was drafted kind of envisioned him becoming. 
Uh, he's a plus defender in left field. He he's completely reduced his strikeout rate and uh, hit 42 doubles and and you know hit 275 ish. That's that's not exactly the type of player they envisioned for him. Uh, and and then they they had someone in Justin Steele kind of break out and and become a stalwart in the in the rotation. And and even the trade of uh, Scott Efros brought in Hayden Wisniewski, who really excited uh, with his starts down the stretch and. I'd say those individual performances and maybe a few others uh, give some optimism. And then, of course, the overall team performing well post-All-Star break. Uh, you look at that, and, and, you know, some of that is randomness and luck. You don't want to lean too hard into that, but I think it's a good jumping-off point for this offseason and, and a good reason to say, here are some building blocks. Here is what we're lacking uh, that star power that you mentioned, they don't have it anymore. They don't have that, and they, they don't have it on the verge coming in the system either. And, and Jed Hoyer's acknowledged that. Uh, you listen to David Ross speak, and he's not satisfied. He is, he, he's an ultimate competitor. This guy does not like to lose. And while he can see some of those positives that I spoke of, he will also downplay it and say, we need to get better, and I want the playoffs. He, he wants postseason baseball. He's He's not interested in moral victories. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, this is Lauren. I'm going to throw some questions at you here in a row. Um, number one, the ERA was third best in the National League in the last, uh, since the All-Star game. Is that legitimate? And that's number one. Number two, can they retain Contreras? And who are they going to, are they going to play Horner at shortstop or second base? So uh, let me start with Contreras first. I, I don't think he comes back, and, and there are a few reasons why. I, I think uh, it, it's, it's uh, not in Jed Hoyer's – the way Jed Hoyer acts, value at the catching position, it probably it doesn't make a lot of sense to invest the money it's going to take to keep him for someone that's uh, you know going to turn 31 – isn't an elite defensive catcher. Uh, all of his value really comes on the offensive side of the ball. So can you replace that offensive value and get some plus defensive value and then find catching in different ways? Go look at some of the best teams in baseball. Uh, very few of the teams, even the ones remaining, outside of jail, JT Real Muto, uh, there's not really this standout offensive catcher, and even Real Muto's down offensively, but he's special defensively. I mean, he's... He does all these things that are you can be that can be measured, but also what's really valued now are these intangibles that are really hard to measure. But David Ross knows all about them. He he sat behind the plate for you know over a decade and and did this and understands all the little nuances. Jan Gomes is really great at that, and and I think they may go out and find another catcher similar to Jan Gomes who has a little more offense than Gomes, but not isn't going to have the impact that Wilson Contreras does. I just think it, it makes the most sense for these two parties to, to part ways. I think Wilson would be happier somewhere else as well. He, he's, he's made it clear that he wants to go somewhere where he's valued and wanted. I, I don't think it's not that the Cubs dislike him or don't value him or want him. I think they just don't see him the way he sees himself. And, and I think it's, it's probably best for, for this uh, you know, marriage to kind of end, so to say. Uh, the Nico question. Uh, Nico is is great at shortstop. Uh, really uh, surprised me with his play. I think he surprised some others around the league and even in the organization. Uh, his arm is a little stronger than I believed it was. I still think the shift uh, 
helped him a lot, and I think losing this shift is going to make it all the more imperative that they go after one of these shortstops that's available. I think that's where they make a big splash. I think they absolutely have to. I've talked to some people around the league who say if they don't get one of those four, they look at it as a as kind of a, a loss for the Cubs. It doesn't make sense. Uh, that's outside the organization, uh, the view on that. So I think he could he could certainly handle shortstop. I think you go out and get a plus defensive shortstop, suddenly you have this elite middle infield defense with Nico playing second because we know he's a plus-plus defender there. Uh, and then what was the first question? I'm sorry. Uh, I mentioned about the the, start, the starting pitching in the last half starting of this. Starting pitching, yes. Yeah. Uh, was it a mirage? That's. I think that's a great question. So you're talking about Marcus Stroman finally finding his rhythm, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. the real Marcus Stroman. I think that's real. I was impressed by Justin Steele. I think he's a he's a really good young lefty who figured some things out, learned how to pitch. He has stuff, but he learned how to pitch, how to use his stuff. And I think he's even got a little more in him. And I think that's a really good pitcher, maybe better than anyone expected. That's two guys that I would lean on. Uh, guys like Adrian Sampson, I'd look at him as depth. You know, I, I, I think if you go into next season with him locked into the rotation – you you question what the Cubs did in the offseason. I think bringing back Drew Smiley makes sense, but also as insurance slash depth, give him a rotation spot, but also understand that this is a guy that hasn't made 30 starts. I think maybe once he made 30 starts in his career. Uh, great guy in the clubhouse, great great guy when he's on the field, but, I, I mean, even the Cubs admit that he's not always on the field. Uh, with Nesky was part of that. Another guy that I think the Cubs would love if he's depth. Imagine if if you have depth like Smiley, Wisniewski, and Samson, and you add enough pitching that those guys are either back-end rotation guys or, or pure depth, that's, that's how you build a winning team. The, the best teams in baseball don't just say, like, let's bring all our young guys up and rely on them. It's, let's use these uh, young guys as depth. Let's use these uh, middling starters like Adrian Samson, who, who the results were great, and I think there's something real there because it was 100 innings of, of quality pitching, I just don't think it makes a lot of sense to go into next season relying on these guys uh, and and uh, saying we're a playoff quality team. What about uh, Kyle Hendricks? We'll, we'll use that's a, that's a big question. It's a big question mark. I don't know the answer to that. He still hasn't started throwing, as far as I know, in Arizona. Uh, they're being very careful with that shoulder, so you can't go into the season relying on someone that struggled when he was on the mound and now has a shoulder issue. Uh, I, you know, they love Kyle Hendricks. They know what he can do when he's healthy and effective. It's just uh, you can't go into the season relying on him. Talking with Sahad of Sharma here on, on Sports Talk. Speaking of, of Kyle Hendricks, um, it's hard to believe that, that he's the only guy out of that, that championship team, A, that is still with the Cubs, but probably the, the bigger thing is he's the only one who signed an extension. Are you surprised? Was that maybe by design that the Cubs never extended anybody even early on in, in that, I guess, turnaround Not even once they got out of the, the rebuild? And, and do you think they might have more success as they try to lock up guys like Nico Horner and maybe even Ian Happ before they hit free agent? Yeah, I think it was a confluence of events there. You know, I think Javi would be a Cub, a cub right now if, if the pandemic didn't hit. Um, I think, you know, they tried with Anthony Rizzo. He saw his value 
differently and they just weren't going to invest as heavily on a you know on a you know to be frank a first baseman with back issues like that's not where jet hoyer is going to you know break the bank uh i think he you know it, it probably was a little less than uh market value but it, it wasn't a crazy low ball offer to rizzo mm-hmm. and then bryant you know i don't think they really anything was close uh, Outside of, I want to say it was post-2017, they had some discussions. And that's when his value was at its highest. Uh, they never really saw eye-to-eye, and, and nothing ever came close there. So it wasn't by design as much as it's the Cubs are trying to get value. And, and when you start negotiating with people when their value's at their highest, <laughs> that's really hard <laughs> to do. Uh, I think... I think that they will get a deal done with Nico Horner. I think it makes sense on so many levels. Um, I think Nico loves Chicago. I think Nico is the perfect type of player that, uh, you know, works well in a clubhouse, works his butt off. When you talk to people about, well, that's probably the best Nico Horner you'll see this past season. I, I come back to, well, I've seen a lot of guys who blow past their ceiling because they have this drive, this inner drive that just takes them to another level. I think Nico Horner is that type of player where, was he good last year? Yeah. It was Was he as good as he thinks he can be and as good as uh, you know he will be? I think there's another level for him because he just puts in the work. He knows his deficiencies. He's honest about it, and he puts in the work to get better at him. He's already improved in various areas, and I think he'll continue to. I'm not saying he's the guy you build around and he's the superstar uh, MVP candidate, but I think he's, he's a little bit better than he was even last year, and, and that's a really good player all-star level. Uh, player and and I think you put the right pieces around him. Suddenly you have a, a winning team. Uh, there are a lot of guys that come, could be free agents or are free agents at the end of this year, and I I'm, I can't imagine Judge not being with the Yankees. I can't imagine pitchers like Degrom and Verlander and Kershaw, especially going anywhere else. Can you? Uh, I you know Kershaw's an interesting one. Uh, there, a lot of people have around baseball have talked about him possibly ending his career in Texas. Oh really? Uh, and I know Texas. Yeah, and Texas is a team that's going to spend again. They they uh, fail to live up to expectations after a big off season. They'll probably spend once again, and, and Kershaw probably makes sense there. I'm not saying that'll happen. I'm saying it it makes some sense. So I wouldn't be completely shocked. But also, you know, I think we've had these discussions before, like, is this the end of Kershaw in L.A.? And then he just ends up coming back, and he's, uh, you know, reliable Clayton Kershaw, as reliable as he always is. So maybe he's just one of those guys that wants to end his career uh, with one team, right, Have a, be with one team for his entire career. I, I tend to agree with Verlander that it makes a lot of sense for him to stick in Houston. DeGrom, I think, is also a coin flip, I, you know, Obviously, uh, the owner there is going to spend money again. Obviously, he, he has the money to spend. Uh, there's, there's also questions about where DeGrom wants to play. I, I think there's some teams you know, in the South that make sense. Texas, again, they're going to be big spenders, like I said. Uh, does Atlanta uh, pony up? I think that places like that make sense for DeGrom as well. Uh, but uh, you, probably the odds-on favor for him is, is going back home. I mean, uh, staying with New York. Uh, that's that. That's my guess too, and I I completely agree on Judge. I'd be very surprised if he goes elsewhere. I know there are rumors sometimes that float around of of teams, uh, you know, like the, like the Mets spending to get uh to get him, but it just makes all the sense in the world. He should be a Yankee, in my opinion. 
Sahar of Sharma here with us for just a, a few more minutes on Sports Talk. Speaking of, of all those big name free agents out there, uh, as far as the shortstop goes, I, I think that's true. It, it just would make no sense for the Cubs not to to be in on that. But as far as the starting pitching market, you talked about the revelations within the the farm system and at the major league level this year. Can you see them dipping their toe into the high end of that free agent market? Guys like Rodon, um, Senga, maybe even a, a DeGrom, or, or maybe trying to, to keep more of the money on the position players? So, yeah, I, I could see it. I, I Like, Jed is not afraid, Jed Hoyer is not afraid to spend money. I think his biggest concern is going to be the years. Uh, I think if he gives the years to someone like Correa, will he also do it for Rodon? Uh, I think that's my biggest question. Uh, Rodon is probably the one that makes the most sense, but he also carries a ton of risk. This is the first time he's really put a full season together. Uh, there's a lot of injury risk there. I don't think anybody would deny that. Uh, but when you see the season he just put together, that's a legitimate number one starter. So the Cubs need that, absolutely. But I, I wonder if uh, you know if it's a five-year deal, is that what uh, Jed Hoyer wants to do at the cost that it's likely going to uh take to get him. Kode Senga makes uh, a lot of sense as well. His representation is the same as Seiya Suzuki, same as you Darvish. Uh, there's a relationship with that representation. I think, uh, you know, I'm not sure what type of uh, relationship he has, Senga has with Suzuki or even Darvish. I believe he, he's quoted as saying he's, he's looked up to Darvish for a long time. Darvish has nothing but good things to say about his time with the Cubs, and he, he certainly helped uh, bring Suzuki in, uh, even though I believe the Padres were recruiting Suzuki pretty hard. Mm-hmm. And, and Darvish said good things about the Cubs to uh, Suzuki. <laughs> so, so I mean, that's, that's just the reality. The Cubs have a good reputation, even after trading all those guys. I mean, Kyle Schwarber recommended to Michael Gibbons to sign with the Cubs because it is a family atmosphere in that clubhouse as much as it may be business outside of it in that clubhouse people still rave about it and and they're treated well and and families are treated well and i I think that they still have a good reputation overall and and if they start spending you build that reputation uh up again as far as oh they'll pay you uh good money as well speaking of reputation houston seems to have gotten back on the good side of most people and they're off and running in this uh Playoff, what do you, uh, what do you think? I, I kind of picked them before the whole thing started. It just looks to me like they got the best team. What do you think? I, I agree with you. I picked uh, Houston over Phillies before the, the playoffs started really? because I just I, – I fall in love with uh, starting pitching during the uh, during the playoffs, yep. and, and I the Phillies' defense terrifies me. Their <laughs> bullpen uh, uh, scares me as well. Uh, but I just uh, – that Wheeler-Nola 1-2 is really uh, impressive. So I, I just went with maybe a hot streak with those guys and that all, those bats, obviously. So I went with the Phillies, and I Houston's just, just uh, I mean, a well-run organization. The cheating, I know it happened. I, I know you, you want to take away that World Series in your mind, go for it. But it, it's hard to deny what they're doing. I mean, you lose Carlos Correa, you lose Garrett Cole, you lose Dallas Keuchel, you lose George Springer and you're still winning 100 games and in the ALCS for, what is this, the fifth year in a row, sixth mm-hmm. year? I can't even keep track of it. It's it's remarkable. I mean, Jeremy Pena, like what he's doing is 
just blows me away. You shouldn't be able to replace Carlos Correa that easily. <laughs> it shouldn't happen, and they just do it. It's what, uh, I mean, the Dodgers are similarly built. They just don't have the, the, they've been upset a little bit more often in the playoffs, but you, you replace these superstars with other stars, and, and it just happens over and over again in Houston and L.A. It's what uh, Jed Hoyer really wants to build in, in Chicago, and, you know, I, I, I think it's possible. I, I think, uh, uh, you know, you do the right things, you draft the right players, you spend in the right areas, you, you can do it, uh, but, but it's really difficult to pull off. Uh, and it's just really impressive to see it on the field. Like I said, what what happened replacing Pena? I mean, replacing Correa with Pena just that that's the one that just kind of blows me away. Sahadev mm-hmm. Sharma does great work over at the Athletic covering the Cubs. We appreciate him spending some time with us. Sahadev, single game tickets went on sale for Illinois basketball this week. You got any plans to make it down to CU to see BU's team this year? I, I hope so. I haven't uh, purchased anything yet. My, my guess is uh, the longer I wait, the more expensive that, that ticket's going to get. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I, I'd like to come down there. I, I went. I was out in Evanston to, uh, for the Northwestern game last last year, and I'll, I'll definitely try and get to that game again. But uh, I, I need to get down to Champaign again sometime soon. Well, you can follow Sahadev over on Twitter at Sahadev Sharma. It should be a, a busy off season for the Cubs, so we'll keep an eye out on, on your work, and we appreciate you taking some time here with us. Of course. Thanks for having me. Take care. Thank you. There's Sahadev Sharma with us here on Sports Talk. Okay, I teased it before, so we're going to do it now. Journey is coming to the State Farm Center in March after the basketball season has wrapped. What call number? And we've got season er, we've got season tickets. Ha! We've got tickets for you to win. I was going to ask you, one through four, we're looking for a caller here. Who is going to be our winner for some tickets to Journey and Toto? Three. I'm going with number three. Caller three, 217-356-9397. You will get a pair of tickets to see Journey and Toto at the State Farm Center coming up in March of 2023. We'll get that winner. Take a break here. Come back, and we've got plenty more. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. On the latest episode of Inside Illini Football, we discussed the nationally ranked Illini, their homecoming win against Minnesota, and... What Heisman hopeful Chase Brown and Illinois can do in the last five weeks of the regular season. Back here on Sports Talk with Lauren and Evan. Thanks to Sahadev Sharma for chatting Cubs with us. Postseason baseball going on. Got the Astros and the Yankees in Game 2 tonight. Last off day of the series for the National League because of the lockout and all of that good stuff. There won't be a, a off day for a travel day when they go back to San Diego, so that should be interesting. We got Gold Glove finalists today, Lauren, for all the for both the National League and the American League. Quite a few representatives from the Cardinals over there, uh, well, the corners. Yeah, third base and first base look pretty solid. And then, of course, Up the middle. what do you do with Edmund? Yeah. He played both positions. And what's he, now he's a, two possibilities, huh? So he get, he, he's nominated for, for two awards, him 
Tommy Edmond and Brandon Donovan for the new utility award, which has kind of been needed for a, a few years now, going back to, you, you think, of Ben Zobris with Joe Madden back with the Rays back in the day, playing 30 games at, at four different positions, and, and you can't pin him down to one spot. So they came up with the utility one, a couple of Cardinals there, as well as Arenado and, and Goldschmidt at first and third. Only one Cub, and that would be Ian Happ, who improved tremendously out in left field, uh, finally settling into to one position for the first time since he's been in the pros. So he's one of the three finalists in the left field. And the White Sox have nobody, not a single representative. That speaks to their defense, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, it makes sense. They're not really anybody. They, they did have a whole bunch of injuries. I think you have to play so many games at, at mm-hmm. each position, and, and a, a number of their starters missed a, a good chunk of time. So that didn't help either. But, yeah, we, we knew about their struggles on, on defense, and uh, it, it shows up as they don't get – uh, any nominations for the Gold Gloves. So all those awards, MVP and Hank Aaron and Cy Young, they'll get those out of the way after the postseason in the first couple weeks of November. And we'll we'll come back and circle back to it. Then we've got uh, college football to talk about next hour with Coach Q. We'll also have Matt Daniels in from the News Gazette. He's got plans, dinner plans tomorrow night. So we'll get a, a look at the weekend with him coming up next hour. Quick break, and then we will transition to hour two. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Hi, this is Clementine from Judah Christian Volleyball. The Nebraska Cornhuskers visit Huff this Saturday. It's Illini Volleyball on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. Huff Hall is sold out Saturday night for the Stuff Huff against Nebraska. It's going to be a tough one. It's been a, a tough Big Ten slate as it typically is for the volleyball yeah. team coming off a, a 3-0 loss last night to Ohio State again. 25-23, 25-23 in the two decisive sets. I think the same thing happened against Minnesota on Saturday, a nationally ranked team. Ohio State nationally ranked. They'll have the same thing, if not even better, with Nebraska coming in here on, on Saturday. Illinois has a way of battling back. You know, it's the same as, as in the Purdue. I mean, they lost the first two and then won the next two. But Ohio State, they were not a match in the first uh, mm-hmm. set. I think it was 25-10. to 10. And then they hung in and hung in and hung in, but just couldn't get over the hump. Yeah, been dealing with injuries. They just can't quite yeah. get over the hump. 0-9 against ranked teams. But, but Terry playing. is really good, isn't she? She, she is all-conference, if yeah. not all, yeah. all, all-American level player. And you just want them to send it to her every time. <laughs> <laughs> she had the big night with 15 kills for Chris Thomas. So we'll see what they can do on Saturday. We'll have that game here on DWS. Jerry Summers was the winner of our tickets to Journey. He can pick those up whenever we get them. It'll be a, a while yet. We'll give away more tickets tomorrow here on Sports Talk. The news is next. Got more next hour with Coach Q here on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Presented by Indeed.com. I'm Monica Rickson, in New York. President Biden hit the campaign trail in Pennsylvania today with just weeks to go before midterms. CBS's Natalie Brand reports. Democratic Senate candidate John Fetterman was on hand to greet President Biden as he landed in the key battleground state of Pennsylvania. The president came to tout the bipartisan infrastructure bill being used to rebuild a bridge that collapsed in January. We managed to get some Republicans to vote for this, 13 in the House and 19 in the Senate. 
Fetterman is locked in a tight race with Republican challenger Dr. Mehmet Oz. The Pennsylvania contest is one of the races that will decide control of the Senate, which CBS News still projects as a toss-up. As the flu season gets underway, hospitals in at least 33 states are now seeing a spike in cases of children suffering from a respiratory illness known as RSV. Connecticut's even thinking about calling in the National Guard now because hospitals are so overwhelmed. British Prime Minister Liz Truss has resigned. I cannot deliver the mandate on which I was elected by the Conservative Party. I have therefore spoken to His Majesty the King to notify him that I am resigning as leader of the Conservative Party. Trust lost confidence from her party over her failed economic plans. The State Department has now confirmed Iranian military personnel have been helping the Russia's military operate and carry out deadly drone strikes in Ukraine. Spokesman Ned Price. We're concerned that Russia may also seek to acquire advanced conventional weapons from Iran. Uh, that includes potentially surface-to-air missiles uh, that will almost certainly be used to support Russia's war against Ukraine. A grand jury has indicted a man in Pennsylvania. CBS's Scott McFarland tells us why. Federal threat charges are filed against 25-year-old Robert Vargo of the Scranton, Pennsylvania area. According to prosecutors, Vargo sent a letter and white powder to the chair of the House January 6th Select Committee to the office of Benny Thompson, the Mississippi Democrat. According to prosecutors, the powder turned out to be harmless. In the letter, they say Vargo not only threatened Thompson, but also the president and a federal judge. A jury in New York City has ruled that Kevin Spacey did not sexually abuse actor Anthony Rapp in the 80s. Here's CBS's Steve Futterman. The jury deliberated a little more than an hour before deciding Rapp had not proved his allegations. Outside the courthouse, Spacey's attorney Jennifer Keller said she is pleased. Very grateful to the jury for seeing through these false allegations. Rapp was asking for $40 million in damages. Spacey's career has been derailed following a number of sexual abuse allegations. Steve Futterman, CBS News. Spacey's pleaded not guilty to similar charges in the U.S. The Dow lost 90 points today. The Nasdaq was down 65. This is CBS News. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Their end-to-end hiring system helps you attract, interview, and hire candidates all in the same place. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Dan owed an unbelievable amount of money to the IRS. I got behind on my taxes. It's a horrible feeling. He was in denial. And when I got those letters from the IRS, you wanted to act like they didn't exist. Finally, Dan turned to Optima Tax Relief, the leading tax resolution firm. A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau, they've resolved over $1 billion for their clients. Optima got me a settlement with the IRS. These people are really people-friendly. It was every bit of a new lease on life for me. The fast action and the great results made Dan's head spin. I felt like I was in a dream, but it's real, and I have paperwork to prove it. They got the job done, and life is good. For tax help you can trust, call Optima now for a free consultation. If you're worried about what's going to happen with the IRS, stop worrying. Make the call now. Call 800-343-6460. 800-343-6460. 800-343-6460. Optima Tax Relief. Testimonial from an actual client. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. There's a new study that proves everybody loves a good villain. Here's CBS's Deborah Rodriguez. <laughs> Three in five Americans say they watch a film, a TV show, or a streamer just for the villain. Three quarters of viewers tell a one poll it can make or break a show. 
And when it comes to archetypes that make the best villains... I am Dracula. Vampires top the list, followed by zombies, devils, mob bosses, and werewolves. Highly prized traits include cool powers, sinister voices, great costumes and accessories, and powerful sidekicks. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. The Social Security Administration is now letting people change their gender status. Under a new plan, those who identify as gender diverse or as transgender can have their identity reflected in their records. It's part of the agency's Equity Action Plan, which was first introduced back in March. Monica Ricks, CBS News. Finding the right Medicare plan? Oof, no easy feat. Kind of like those dances my granddaughter loves making me do. But then I found Walgreens FindRx coverage. Let's you compare plans online, over the phone, or in person. Made Medicare shopping so easy. Plus, I found plans with low-cost copays. <laughs> I can get down with that. Medicare annual enrollment ends December 7th. Find a plan that's right for you at walgreens.com slash Medicare. Aw, honey, I can't believe you gave me toe fungus. I gave my wife toe fungus for the third time. My doctor then told me that toe fungus is not just a cosmetic problem and that it can spread and get worse. He introduced me to a new and different routine that flushes out even the most difficult cases of fungus. It's called Crystal Flush. Call now and for a limited time, you can try Crystal Flush risk-free for 30 days. Call 800-764-9219. That's 800-764-9219. 